discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Father, we are thankful. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you for the power of your Holy Ghost. Thank you for all that you do for us and with us and in us. We are grateful. We are thankful. Thank you for another glorious opportunity to be before you like this and to be together like this. Oh yes, Father, we are grateful. Our hearts and our minds are lifted to you this morning. Speak to us through your word. Change our hearts, change our lives. Cause us to experience higher levels of your glory. Take us into deeper realms with you this morning. We are grateful. Thank you for ministering to us as we have ministered to you. Even in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a shout if you have a voice. You may kindly take your seats in heavenly places. I'd like to welcome you to this morning's service. I believe that the Lord is going to speak to us and help us in a very special way. Tell your neighbor you are welcome. Tell the other neighbor by you you are welcome. And tell the neighbor behind you, if you have one behind you, that you are welcome. You are welcome. What a blessing. Are you excited to be in church? Wow. I'm sharing with you on a, on a subject I've titled Fruitfulness Through Faithfulness. If you remember, one of the key points in the nine keys to bearing fruit is that is to identify, that was point number four, identify what God delights in and delight in the same. And then another point, that's point five, was identify your God-appointed place of worship and settle there. And then number six was identify who your spiritual cover is and remain connected, isn't it? So I'm going to treat these three topics in this particular series, these three points in this particular series that I've titled Fruitfulness Through Faithfulness. Yes, fruitfulness through what? Faithfulness. Fruitfulness through faithfulness. Hallelujah. At the end of the day, it is your faithfulness that is going to count. It is your, your goodness to God and your faithfulness to God that is going to count. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2, the Bible says that, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. It is required in what? In stewards that a man be found faithful. What is the use of a marriage if our wedding day means nothing and our marriage means nothing? When you were putting the ring on my finger, you were saying that with this ring, I thee wed. I will love you and I will be faithful to you. Forever and ever. Three months later, I see you sleeping with another woman. Or sleeping with another man. I mean, what was the use? Do you see? I forgave you for the first one. Then I see you with another one. And another one. And another one. What do you think will happen? You don't cast. You have spoiled the whole thing. Isn't it? Without faithfulness or commitment, nothing in this world can work. If those who are building this building decided to stop at the foundation, we wouldn't be sitting in a very wonderful atmosphere like we're sitting now. They needed to commit to it. They needed to be faithful to the cause. They needed to commit to it, to be faithful to it, and see to it for it to get to the point it is at now. If the one who sold your dress or the one who made your dress decided to stop at a point and not continue and not commit to finishing it, it's not, it's not going to work. Faithfulness is a very important subject 
in the world because everything around us is as a result of someone's faithfulness to something or someone's commitment to something. It's a requirement. It is required. God requires it. Hallelujah. It's a requirement. God requires that a man be found faithful. It's a requirement. So I'm sharing with you on fruitfulness because without faithfulness, fruitfulness cannot come. Without abiding and staying where God wants you to stay. If you remember in John chapter 15, he says, abide in me and I in you. Verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. It is in your abiding that you bring forth much fruit. If you don't abide, you don't end up bringing much fruit. If you want to bring forth fruit, what do you do? You must learn to abide. That has to do with faithfulness, learning to stay where God wants you to stay. Learning to be where God wants you to be. You have to be where God wants you to be. Stay where God wants you to stay. Then he says, for without me, you can do nothing. Without me, you cannot bear fruits. Without me, you cannot do well. Without me, you can't go forward. Without me, you can't conclude and get to the level that you are supposed to get to. If you remove me out of it, you can't advance. And you can't arrive at your destination. Is it a good thing? Yeah, that's, that's how it is. You see, so I'm sharing with you on faithfulness to God. There are different categories or levels of faithfulness or commitment. And the first one is faithfulness to God. So under fruitfulness through faithfulness, the first thing we are tackling is faithfulness to who? To God. And the Lord is the one speaking. He says that it is required because at the end of your life, there are some words that you should want to hear as a child of God. Matthew 25 verse 23. You should want to hear these words. If you're a Christian, every Christian should want to hear these words. Not other words. Like, uh, you are looking nice. You have a nice house. You have a nice car. I like your, your children. Your children are beautiful. Ah, how many children do you have? Oh, I have four. What are they doing? Oh, the first one is a doctor. The second one is a lawyer. The third one is an engineer. And the fourth one... It's a pilot. Yeah. I mean, these are, it's like, what, you have really lived, what about bra? The accounts will say, what about bra? You have really lived, pa. Like, you have really done well. It's powerful. It's good for your child to be a doctor and a lawyer and pilot and engineer and shoemaker, everything. <laughs> Don't laugh at shoemaker. If you go to Italy, and we have an Italian here, Italy is shoemakers who will make the money. I tell you. Yeah. You can't buy it. Yeah, it's shoemakers who make who have the money. You yeah, joke with shoemaking, you'll be surprised. Leather work, bags. I know someone who's a, a millionaire, some Korean, a Korean woman who made all her money through leather. Yeah, she was praying one day, you know. She came to a pastor, this young chose church member, to complain about financial problems and all of that. And young chose said, Charlie, me, I'm I'm your pastor. What I can do is what I'm coming to tell you. Go and fast and pray. Go to the prayer mountain. Spend three days. Take your Bible. Take some of the messages that I've preached. And just be listening and reading. Read your Bible. And see what the Lord will say to you. As a pastor, that's what I can do for you. So the guy, pastors are not there to give money if you, if you don't know. Or you don't understand. Uh-huh. That is not the primary reason for the existence of a pastor. A pastor can bless you with something, but that is not the main thing. You don't use a pastor, your pastor as your calculation. Like, when you are calculating for those who, where you are going to get money from, like, oh, number one, I'll look for my pastor, number two, I'll look for my shepherd, number three, I'll look for my self-shepherd, and then I mean, I'll gather about 2,000 from them, and that'll be it. That, that's, that is not the reason why they are there. There are people who, who are closer to God than others. To think that we are all the same in the body of Christ is a very great mistake. Religion, okay, has tried to fight the concept of bands and ligaments in the body of Christ for so many years. There are bands and there are ligaments in the body of Christ. We are all the same before the Lord. But out of all of us, the Lord chooses some people and makes them gifts 
and blesses the body of Christ with them as gifts. The destiny of the people are inside those people's destiny. If you ignore it, you are ignoring something very great. Very, very great. You are ignoring God's administration. And there's going to be a problem. We are all equal in Ghana. But the president is not the same as you and I. He's called the first gentleman of the land. Yes, we are all gentlemen. Maybe you even dress nicer than he does. But he is the gentleman, the first gentleman of the land. And he has ministers. Whether you like it or not, you'll be sitting in traffic. They will put on their siren. They are given a certain kind of privilege, isn't it? So even though we are all the same, there are differences. In the body of Christ, we are all the same, but there are also differences. There are people who, are, who God has chosen to hear. It's like, I'll hear this one's prayer. A pastor is, like, is, one, is one of such. Yes. So when you need something to be... Well, if you are telling, saying a problem to your pastor, okay, the primary thing you should be looking for, or the primary result or solution you should be looking for, is solutions through prayer. I'm not saying bring a tin of milo and milk with bread to me to fast for you so that I can pray for you. That's not what I mean. There are some people who do that. Do you know? Yeah. yeah. The pastor also bring a tin of milo, one crate of eggs, and one loaf of bread. And I'll fast for you for the next four weeks. No. That's not what we are talking about. Okay? <laughs> for communion. One day we were fasting and some people, we said that fast, you can take communion in the afternoon. People were asking a lot of questions. Someone took a picture of omutu and, and uh, granite soup and said, oh, can the omutu, the bowl of rice, be the rice bowl, be the body, and the soup will be the blood? Hey! Wow. It's wild though. Indomie, people were posting Indomie as the bread, the body, and then what? The water around it is the Wow. Topic. What I'm trying to share with you is to let you know that we must be faithful. You shouldn't be interested in hearing certain things about your life. Oh, you have money, you are rich, you have what? It's nice, it's great, it's beautiful, but the main thing you want to hear is in Matthew chapter 25, verse 23. Because the one who sent you into this world, someone sent you into this world, you didn't make yourself. Your parents have no idea how you even came. Most of us came by mistake. They were just playing. And then all of a sudden, you just showed up. Yeah. When my wife got pregnant with our first child, I understood why boys don't accept pregnancies when they impregnate, they impregnate some girls. Like, ah, what did I do to you? Ah, are you sure? When was it? I just touched you small now. You are, how can you be pregnant? I mean, we are here because of the agency of God. If you understand that God is the one who sent you here on earth, then you should understand that you are going to go back to him and he's going to ask you some questions. And one of the questions or the answers you would want, you would want to hear from him, one of the things you'd want to hear from him, what the major thing actually is this particular thing I'm going to say in these verses. It says, his Lord said unto him, well done, or thank you. God wants to say thank you to you on one of these days. Yes, one of these days. When you come to heaven, he wants to say thank you. Thank you, Degray. Yes, thank you. Thank you for not giving up. Thank you for rapping. Thank you for bringing people from Tutu to this place, to Agoba for church. Thank you for doing this for me. God wants to say thank you. For some, God will say thank you. For some, God will say... <laughs> How far? Hey, I don't want God to say how far to me. I want God to say thank you. Yes. <laughs> well done. Or thank you. Good. God wants to say good. You are good. You are a good person. You were you are a wonderful person. You did what I wanted you to do. Well done. Good and faithful servant. Not good and faithful son. You see, a lot of Christians confuse the, the, the gospel of the kingdom and the gospel of grace. Okay, there's a gospel of grace, the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of grace shows you who you are 
and your sonship in Christ. Okay? Which we preach. Then there is the gospel of the kingdom which shows you your responsibilities in Christ. It's like having rights. and One of the basic things every citizen in every country has are rights and responsibilities. People who are exposed only to their rights and know nothing about their responsibilities are what? Are a bunch of entitled bigots, if you like. Wow. And most Christians, a lot of Christians have gotten to that place where they are very entitled. They need to be saved. They want the Lord to save them. They want the ashes to point them to the right seats. There are preachers who have become very entitled. There are pastors who are appointed by Jesus Christ to save him. And they have changed. They are now bosses. They can't bring anybody to church. They can't do ministry. They can't do anything because now they need to be saved. You are now on a certain level where you need to be saved. You are a joke. You can't open your own car door. You want someone to come and open your car door for you. You are a joke. You, there's something wrong with you. You can't spend time with people, talk to them. You, can, you, can't be, you are not reachable. You are not touchable. You are not relatable. We can't flow with you. It's a problem. The Lord is watching you. The day you arrive, he will say, I'm an here. You are welcome. It's good to see you. Sit down and let's talk about what you did. Hey. So he says, well done, good and faithful servant. We are not judged as sons. As sons, by God's grace, we have crossed judgment. The judgment of sin has passed by virtue of the new birth. But as Servants of God. Everybody is a servant. All of us are servants of God. And as a servant of God, God is expecting you to be faithful to him. He's expecting you to be... He's going to judge you as a, as a servant. He's going to find out. What did you do for me? Did you love me as much as I loved you? I loved you to the point that I died for you. Did you love me? My, you are my servant. Did you love me as much as I loved me or boss or, or master? I loved you. Did you love me as much? Wow. It's wild though. So this is one of the main things you should want to hear. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou has been faithful. Not thou has been a boss. Thou has been faithful or you have been committed. You have been loyal over a few things. There are few things that the Lord gives to us to handle. A few things. No man, it's not much. A few things at different times in our lives. And God is expecting to be faithful to him. God demands it. Tell your neighbor, God demands it. Tell the other neighbor, God demands it. God demands that you be faithful to him. Just as a husband will, be, will demand. Tell your neighbor, just as a husband will demand for his wife to be faithful to him. And a wife will demand that her husband must be faithful to her. It's a demand. You don't use that. You don't say, with this ring, I be wed for the next six months. No, it's not, it's not six months. It's forever. We are together forever. And we are going to love each other. No matter how some way I am, you are going to love me. You are going to love me. And I'm going to love you back. Yeah. Even if I'm wicked to you, you are going to love me. Hey. Wow. wow. So the Lord also wants us to be faithful to him. Okay? So how, how are we faithful to God? We are faithful to God. So I'm, I'm answering the question of what faithfulness is. Okay? Faithfulness to God. What does it mean? Faithfulness to God is basically following God. You are faithful to God by following him. Isn't it? Yeah. The one whom you are faithful to is someone you, you follow or you relate with or you are around with all the time. I mean, the, your, your husband is not wondering if you will spend eternity, the rest of your life with, with him. It's not something that we, we, are, we are discussing. Whether you are abroad. My wife, is, my wife has traveled. My wife is in India right now. Yeah, for the past two months. I've been a spinster. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, but there's no... She's not thinking about whether I'm going to do something or whatever. Or she's also, she's also, I'm also not thinking that she's going to do whatever. I mean, we are still we are around. We are still together. We are talking. We are chatting. Hey. One of our guys married one of our ladies and went to, the, the guy went to America for two years. And the lady was here for two years. Hey. 
Santa, when I see the lady, my heart is paining me. <laughs> you could tell that Charlie, it was paining her back. Yeah. But the distance meant nothing. Yes. They were still communicating. They were still around. They were still updating each other on their lives. Following up on each other. Following each other on what has happened in the day. What is going on? What is happening? Do you get it? So, faithfulness to God basically has to do with following God. Learning to follow God. Okay, let's read Revelation chapter 14 from verse 1. He says, And I looked and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion, and with him an hundred forty and four thousand, having his father's name written in their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven, as a voice of many waters, and as a voice of a great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. And they sang as it were a new song. And they sang as it were a new song before the throne, and before the four beasts, and the elders. And no man could learn that song but the hundred and forty and four thousand which were redeemed from the earth. Next verse. These are they which were not defiled with women. Then it says, for they are virgins. Hey! Virgin Atlantic. They are what? Virgins. They are virgins. It's, it's what you, you think and it's also what you don't think. Okay? Maybe some other time I can explain it to you. He's talking about not defiling yourself with the things of this world. You get it. We are the Lord's bride. Biblically speaking, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Let's read 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse with the washing of water by the word. Have you seen it? It says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church. So the church is Christ's beloved wife. So as a church, someone who is in the church, who is in the, who is in the body of Christ, if you are not giving Christ attention, you are becoming unfaithful. Do you see? Huh? You are becoming unfaithful if you are not giving Jesus attention. Go to verse 30. Ephesians 5.30. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Is he saying that Christ and the church is actually husband and wife? I don't know if you are seeing it. It's actually husband and wife. So we are the wife, all of us, boys and girls together, we are Christ's bride. Okay? And he wants us to be faithful to him. We shouldn't defile ourselves. There's a husband, there's another guy, there's a, a boyfriend outside or someone outside who wants to woe our attention or woo our attention away from our husband. His name is the devil. The devil wants to take your attention from Jesus Christ and put your attention on him through the things of the world. I see in it. Yes. So Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2, he says, For I'm jealous over you with godly jealousy. Like I have some jealousy over you because Paul was acting like a betweener between the church and Jesus. Then he says, I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. Like I really want you guys to give your attention to Jesus Christ. For I'm jealous over you with godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband. I've given you out to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. You see, he's not talking about your personal virginity. He's talking about the, your virginity, your spiritual virginity, and your spiritual chastity to the Lord, your purity to the Lord. You're reading the Bible every morning and letting Jesus be the first person you talk to in the morning. Not WhatsApp. Not Instagram. Or you t early morning, when you wake up, now you take your phone, and you are on your phone throughout the day. You are breaking your virginity, I tell you. You are handing your virginity over to the devil. He's breaking it. So do you understand what he's saying on the other side? In Revelation chapter 14, verse 4. Go to Revelation 14, 4. These are they which were not defiled with women. Hmm? Babylon is the world system and it is described as a woman. So that's what he's talking about. If you read in Revelation 17, 18, 19, you see Babylon as Babylon the Great, a woman who had uh, all the abominations. Uh, it was written on her forehead, Mystery Babylon. Eh? And upon her forehead was a, it's a lady. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color. And this is verse 4, Revelation 17, 4. And decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. Like all that Babylon brings is fornication. 
Not the literal one. It is included, but that's not the main thing. It's to, for you to be, to be disloyal to Jesus Christ. To be unfaithful to Jesus Christ. Please, you understand? Uh-huh. With her things. The last of the flesh, the pride of life, the last of the eyes. All the things. To love the world. You love the world so much, you don't love Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. That, is, that is being unfaithful to Jesus. Okay? She said, the woman was arrayed, blah, blah, having a golden cup and a handful of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. Verse 5. Then he says, and upon her forehead was, was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. The mother of what? Harlots and abominations of the earth. The job of Babylon is to so take your attention away from Jesus Christ that you forget about Jesus. And you forget about the things that belong to Jesus. And you forget about giving attention to Jesus Christ. Jesus also has things. There are things that Jesus has that he wants done. Just like any husband has things that he wants done. I mean, if you marry me, my wife knows how I like my things. Every husband has... I mean, you, those, who, those who are in my house know I don't eat just anything. You can't just put something together and bring it to me. I'm not going to eat it, baby. I'm not going to eat it. No, 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 no. I will tell you it's not nice. Unfortunately to me, too, I, I, I don't know, but I'll just say it. Pastor Faith is here. I mean, my wife, she was one of the first people who came to live with us. And my wife had to teach her how I like my food. How I want it. How it should be done. Not too much oil. It's too much oil. is like, it's, it's looking like uh, uh, anointing. I mean, it's too much. <laughs> it's too much oil. Do you see? Uh-huh. You must understand that your husband, your husband doesn't want a dirty room. So I mean, there are husbands who don't care when they come in. The bed is has things, whatever on it. They don't. They'll find a way and sleep. But there are some husbands. Say, I mean, they can't. No, you can't let my room be looking like this. Are we in the forest? No, no, it's, it's going to be a problem, isn't it? Hey. So when you're married, you know your husband. The Bible didn't say wives. Let your husbands adapt themselves to you. It's actually the other way around. The Bible says that the wife should adapt herself to her husband. So you must know your It's very easy to know a husband. It is not easy to know a wife. Because a wife keeps changing. Keep, you keep changing. Hey! Eh, that's what I just said. It's in First Peter chapter three, chapter three, verse verse two. Um, amplified. First Peter chapter three, verse two. Yeah. Look at this. It's when they observe the pure, modest way in which you conduct yourselves, your husband that you may feel blah blah that reverence, respect, defer to you are to honor him, esteem him, appreciate him, prize him, and in the human sense to adore. It says adore your husband. Like, do adoration to your husband. And you have to admire your husband. You have to praise your husband. You have to be devoted to. And you have to deeply love and enjoy your husband. Hey! I, I don't know if it's this verse. Is it this verse? You have to, verse 1. It's verse 1. Okay, verse 1. Go to verse 1. Uh-huh. In like manner, you married women, be submissive to your own husbands. Subordinate yourselves as being secondary to and dependent on them. Like, you make yourself secondary to your husband. That is what marriage is. You marry a young you are come to tell us that we, we should do what? Hey, my friend, it doesn't work like that. Hey. The ladies are quiet. You don't, I don't know if you like my message. Do you like my message? Like, if your husband has not... You shouldn't eat if your husband has not eaten. Yes. There are wives who serve themselves. And they are eating the best. They are eating meat, everything. And their husband doesn't know anything. He doesn't have anything to eat. And they are not concerned. One day, I went, it really pained me. I went somewhere, someone close to me, you know, and her husband. The husband, this lady was eating some nice yam with things on it. And the husband just had just come in. And the woman was eating. I was like, oh, Charlie, find, find a seat. I, it's fine. It's like, sit down. Be happy. It pained me. And the husband was quiet. It's a very cool man. Yeah, he was very quiet. He didn't say anything. But I saw it in his eyes that he was not happy at all. Yeah, but you don't do that. If your husband has come in and eating, stop eating. Fix him his food. Get him something. And then come and continue eating. 
He says, be secondary to your husband and be dependent on your husband. If you, do, if you are not into this, you are not ready to marry. You see, listen, before we get married, you are the queen of the relationship. We'll be treating you like a queen. Baby. You know, without you, I can't do anything. I love you very much. I'll do anything for you. I'll go to the moon for you. Yeah, we do all of that. We are going to say all of that. We are going to do all of that. But when we get married, eh -eh, it just changes like this. We become the king of the marriage. I'm going home. The ladies are not happy about what I'm saying. Everything changes. Yes, we'll still treat you as a queen of our hearts. It's the truth. But you must learn to, because you were treated as a queen for a long time, if you are not careful, you forget that you are supposed to treat your husband as a king in order to be treated as a queen consistently. You'll be expecting to be treated as a queen and you will not be getting it because you are not minding him. As you were not minding him before you got married. Because before you got married, I mean, there's a certain kind of superiority. I mean, when he calls and you don't pick up, you, I mean, it's, it's like that. When he calls, did you pick? Oh, I have picked now. What is your problem? Let's continue. When we get married, it's not, it's not going to be like that. Hey. Hmm. Anyway, let me, let me continue. I'm talking about faithfulness to God. Faithfulness to God. <laughs> eh? Look at this. In like manner, you married men be submissive to your own husband. Subordinate yourselves as being secondary to and dependent on, dependent on them. Then he says, and adapt yourselves to them. You have to adapt. You have to adapt yourself to your husband because a husband can be known. You know what time he closes from work. You know we don't, we don't have much. We are very simple, so you can easily know your husband and easily know what to do for him to make him happy. Do you understand? You must study your husband. And know your husband does not mind eating late. Do it for him. Those of us who are preachers, we get home late, hungry. One a.m. we have come. We are hungry because the last time we ate was maybe four o'clock or three o'clock in the afternoon. You're hungry. Don't come and say hey, it's not healthy to listen. Just fix the food and let's eat the thing and let's continue our life. Let's just fix the thing. And... Hey! Hey! So now I know Pastor Faith is saying, Daddy, hey. I said some things you shouldn't be eating late all the time. All the time. But there are days when you are your husband is so hungry, he can't sleep. Do you have, have you heard of Inkete Inkete? Small, small, that's small, small. And you can't sleep. To just catch you, you can't sleep. You are so hungry, you can't sleep. Has it happened to you before? That's what I'm talking about, okay? But you must know your husband. Tell me why you must know your husband. And adapt yourself to your husband. So Jesus is also, Jesus also wants us to adapt to him. Yes, Jesus wants us to what? He wants us to adapt, change our way of doing things to suit him. Because he is our husband. He says, they are virgins. Revelation chapter 14, verse 4. These are virgins. Hmm? These are they which were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are they which follow. Why are they virgins? They are virgins because they follow the lamb whithersoever he goeth. They follow the lamb whithersoever, wheresoever he goes. These were redeemed from among men. Are we redeemed from among men? Oh, yeah. Then it says, being the first fruits unto God and to the Lamb. Verse 5. And in their mouth was found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne of God. God wants you to be without fault before him on that day. Do you see? Huh? And he wants you to follow him every step of the way. To follow him. Following Jesus is your faithfulness to him. Being where he wants you to be is, is your faithfulness to him. He says, be in the house of God on a Sunday. You shouldn't decide that Sunday is not, I mean, is that's the day I'm going to wash. That, that, is, that proves your unfaithfulness. The world is winning you over gradually. And you are going to change your time. He doesn't want that in your life. I love God in my heart. Love without demonstration is a mistake. If a lady says he loves, she loves you and doesn't show anything. When you invite her for Valentine's out and she's not coming. When you buy her a gift, she doesn't say thank you. Well, whatever you do, she just, and she says, oh, but I love you, it's in my heart. Hey, take your heart. 
I'll take my Valentine's gift. I'm going to someone who accepts me. The guys, if you are rejected, go somewhere else. Go somewhere else. Life has not ended. There are many beautiful ladies in the world. Table tennis, just move. Move on. Move on. Yeah. Move on. Don't stay around like I, I love you. I, I not see anything. Seven years. What is that? What is that? Time is going. Before I realize, you are 65 and your children are now two years old. Yes, because you didn't you couldn't marry early. And you're on pension and now you are now coming to look after children and not. I mean, it's very, it's very, it's very stressful. Are you what? Where is Jacob? <laughs> Hallelujah. Sit down for two minutes. How did I get into this? How did I get into this one? I don't remember. Yeah. You must be moving with the Lord all the time. You must adapt to the Lord. You must follow the Lord. He wants you to follow him. Yes. He wants us to come to He wants us to be around. Where he wants us to be is where we have to be. What do you think? So it's a demand. It's like the Lord wants us to follow him. Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. In Matthew 4, 19. The first thing Jesus said to Peter, Peter who became the rock, the rock of the church. Eh? Do you see? Jesus' main guy. The guy Jesus couldn't afford to lose. Peter was a guy Jesus couldn't afford to lose. Because he was the one that Jesus was sending to the Jews. Among all the apostles, Peter was the one who was sent to the Jews. And because like, he's the main guy. Peter, James, and John. But he, he was the main, Peter, James, and John. Main guy. Peter first. Do you see? And this guy... The first instruction Jesus gave to him when he met him. This is Jesus' first meeting. With this is actually his second. The first one, he ran away. And Jesus met him again. Okay? The first one is in John chapter 1 from verse 36. You see it. Jesus met him because his brother, uh, Peter's brother, Andrew, introduced him to Peter, to Jesus. And Jesus said, oh, nice meeting you. You are called Cephas. Jesus mentioned his name. That was prophetic. Jesus mentioned his name without being told his name. He called him. Yeah, look at it. And looking upon Jesus, this is John the Baptist. Go down to where Andrew came in. Andrew was John the Baptist's um, disciple, and he moved to go and join Jesus' company. Yeah. So don't say, I was not born in this church, so I can't, be, I can't be part of this church. Brother, we were all not born in this church. We are all here now. Be happy. So Andrew found his own brother, and, and uh, sorry, he, fi- he first found his own brother Simon and said unto him, we have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. You see, and he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him or saw him, he said, You are Simon. So he mentioned his name prophetically. This is prophetic, a prophetic encounter. You are Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. I don't think Peter was excited. It's like the first you have met me and I'm changing my name. What is that? So he didn't stay with him. He left. He left and he left and ran away. Then later on, Jesus found him again. When he was fishing, he had, the guy had told all night he didn't catch any fish. And Jesus saw his boat and went into his boat and used his boat to preach. It's in Luke. You can find it. Okay. He used his boat to preach. And after he has used his boat to look at the fire, right? Yeah, from verse 1. After he has used his boat to preach, he told Simon, he told him that, Charlie, let down your net for a catch. Let down your nets for a catch. And Peter said, Lord, because he knew him. So he referred to him as Lord or Master. You see, master, he said, master, because he knew him already. He had met him already. And Simon answered and said unto him, master, we have told all the night and I've taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. So Jesus said he should let down his nets. But he didn't believe much. So he let down nets. And when he let down his nets, fishes just came from everywhere. The guy, the same lake they had been whatever, fishing in the whole night and didn't have any, the same lake. Plenty of fish just came into the net at once. And the net was breaking and he called their, their friends to come and help them, John and, and James who were the sons of Zebedee and all of that. Now when Peter saw them, what had happened, do you know what he said? He told Jesus, I listen. He fell down at Jesus' feet and said, depart from me. For I'm a sinful man. Oh Lord, the reason why I actually left you the first time was because I'm not correct. I be fisherman. I don't like, like I'm not. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm a queer, queer type of man. I'm not. I'm not coofed. I'm not nice. I'm not a good person. Most people allow that to take them away or stop them from serving God. 
Yeah, they don't respond to the call of God because they feel they are not good. Me, what do I know that I should go and preach to somebody? What do I also mean? I don't know anything, but I'm preaching. I don't know. You think I don't know anything? Every single day is, a, is an opportunity to get to know more. God does not call the qualified. He qualifies those he calls. That's what he does. Moses was a murderer. God called him. Paul was a murderer. God called him. That's what I was talking about last week. No matter your status, God is calling you. God wants to use you. God wants you to become something. So don't ignore his calls. Don't say, I've done seven abortions. Don't worry. Some people have also done some abortions. They are still serving God. Yeah. What you do? You can't do much about it. It has happened. What can you do? You can't care about spilled milk. Have you spilled milk before? Are you sitting by it right now crying? It doesn't make sense why you cry over spilled Because Charlie is gone. You have to get a new one. Isn't it? Peter said that, I'm not a good person. Depart from me for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. And Jesus replied him and told him that, follow me. Hmm? That's on the other side. In Matthew, Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. Jesus told him, follow me. What is in Matthew 4 is the same as what's in Luke 5. Matthew cut the story short. Luke expanded the story. And he said unto him, follow me. Follow me. Come after me. Become faithful to me. Let's go together. And I will make you fishers of men. Follow me. So it's like, it's something that Jesus is really interested in. Really want, God want, he wants you to be close to him. The first instruction he gave to Peter was to follow him. And the last instruction he gave to Peter in his life was to follow him. John chapter 21. John 21, verse 18. Verily, verily, I say unto you, when thou was young, thou gathered thyself. Jesus was talking to him about how he was going to die. Thou gathered thyself and walked about where This is speak signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken, he had spoken this, he said unto him, follow me. Follow me. Follow me wherever I go. Follow me everywhere. This was the last thing Jesus said to him. Go to verse 22. You'll see another one there. Jesus said unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Still talking to Peter. I told him, follow me. So today, the Lord is asking you to follow him. To go where he goes. To be a good wife to him. To be around where he wants you to be. Do you see? Yeah. To do what he says you should do. I mean, if you have a husband who does not mind you, you will not be happy. The happiness of a wife is dependent on the husband doing certain types of things for her. Yes. One of the things a wife wants is for you to be always around. Every wife likes a sense of security. Yes. And they, they are jealous. They want to have you to themselves. I know, I know a certain woman, when the husband looks away, they are driving and she, he looks away. She will get angry. Like, why are you looking, why are you looking around? Look at me. Hey, let's talk. Why are you looking around? Hey, it's not easy. Yeah. Your wife would want to know where you are. When you get married, one of the first things that changes about you is that instead of hearing, how are you, on a call, like when you call, instead of hearing, how are you, the first thing you hear is, where are you? Location, location, location. <laughs> Wives want to know where you are. A spiritual GPS comes on your head as soon as you get married. It's a supernatural GPS. You must update all the time. Hey! It's like God wants to give you marriage counsel. It's like, God. Oh, yeah. yeah. They want to know, why are you? When you call, hello, baby, why are you? Baby, why are you? Hey, so won't you ask me where I, how I am? Oh, I know you are fine. Where are you now? <laughs> Where are you now? Yeah, can you? And they like for you to do things for them. Wives like giving instructions. Every lady here, they like instructions like something. They treat their husbands like children. It's the truth. Yeah. A loving husband is one who is subjected to being spoken to, like, go here, come here, do this. It's amazing. The guys are quiet now. They don't want to say anything now. Yeah. 
Yeah, they'll tell you. Your wife will tell you. Baby, when you are coming, can you pass through the mall and get me this and this? I want you to just pass through the mall for just buy rice, buy this and buy that. I thought you said you wanted me to buy one bread. What, what, what is the rice doing by it? What is this one doing by it? They'll give you, they'll let you do shopping before you come home. Unplanned things. I tell you, but to be a loving husband, you must just, let me just flow. Yeah. Jesus also likes to know where you are. And he likes to give you instructions. Go here. Do this. Do that. Do that for me. Wives like impulse buying. We are, we are going out. We have not planned that we are going to buy a shoe. There's no shoe in our calculations. Nothing. As we are moving, uh, hey, this shoe. Time. I saw it on Instagram. I, li- I really like it. Baby, can we get it? When you say no, oh baby. Oh. I thought you said you love me. Hey. I thought, what is this? Let me, let me just buy it. How much is it? Just, it's just 500. 500. I mean, 500. Like, hey. hey. All of a sudden, 500 will just re- re- eject itself from you. <laughs> One day I gave my wife my ATM card. No, we share, we share accounts. Our accounts is shared by anybody. I mean, anybody can be anywhere with our ATM. Anybody's ATM. And they went for shopping. You know, before she went, she told me what she was going to get. And I knew how much it was going to be. And I, I think I was preparing to go and preach somewhere. So I was sitting in my study. I was just writing some things. All of a sudden, I saw Pippi. And I checked. Oh, it's okay. Then I'm like, Pippi. Oh, it's okay. Then the third one, Pippi. Hey! Very he would have said. So I, I called, I said, hey, baby, why? What is going on? Then she said, oh, I came to see some exercise things and I had to, I... She bought things we have never used up to date. <laughs> up to date. We have never used them. Hey! Hey! So Jesus also wants you to, he wants you to buy things, he wants you to buy things that he didn't plan. He'll tell you, oh, give this, or give that. Or ba- bus what? Become a bus angel. Yeah, pay for people to come to church. Do this, do that, do that. That's, that's how Jesus is. And you're, you have to be faithful to him. You have to flow. Be nice. Just flow and be around. Says, follow me. Follow me. Wherever I go, just, let's just flow together happily. Hallelujah. Can I share some more with you before I go? Let me add some one, one or two things, okay? Yeah. It's a a nice message. Hmm? Matthew 4.21 Jesus made many people follow him. It's the main thing that he's looking for. Like, follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Wherever I go, let's go. Whatever I'm doing, help me do it. However I'm doing it, let's do it. Do you see? And going on from thence, he sought other two brethren, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a ship with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them. He called them. So, I'm not the only one to do the ministry. You too must do them. God will call you too. He had found Peter, but then he needed John. And he needed James. And he needed multitudes. I'll show you the multitudes. So, he needed many people, different people. He needed task collectors. You see, he says, and going on from there, he saw, he said, follow me. Call them. Look at Genesis verse 22. And they immediately left their ship and their father and followed him. Like when it comes to following Jesus, your father, mother, it's part of their wonderful people, but Jesus says that you should follow him and be faithful to him. Do you see? You must be faithful to God because at the end of the day, your mother or your father or your wife or your children or all those people will not be there when you are answering to God as to what he told you to do here on earth. I love my mother, I love my father, I love my children, but I will not, I love my wife, but I'll never let them be a stumbling block between me and God. Because there's someone who is greater than them. Someone gave me the wife I have. Someone gave me the children I have. Someone gave me the mother I have. Someone gave me the wife I had, I have, or the father I have. If he's asking me to do something, should I let my father and my mother and my children, my house and my car and whatever become a stumbling block for, for him? No, I mean, I think I should give him a certain kind of attention because he's the one who gave me everything. And if he says it is finished, I'm removing all these things from you. I'm in trouble. I can lose everything in a second. So their preservation is dependent on my faithfulness to Jesus. Their preservation, the preservation of my mother, my father, my wife, my children, 
eh, my house, my cars, my whatever, is dependent on my faithfulness to God. So I shouldn't let those things block me. Unfortunately, that happens to many Christians. In Matthew chapter 10, from verse 34, look at Matthew 10, verse 34. Jesus said, think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I thought Jesus was the prince of peace. If you read in Isaiah chapter 9, eh, I think from verse 11, it says from verse 6, for unto us a child is born, and unto us a son, a son is given, and the government shall be, be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. One of the names of Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. Jesus is actually the Mighty Father, the Everlasting Father. So Jesus is not a demigod. Jesus is, don't think that Father, Son, Holy Ghost is Father and then a small Son and then a small Holy Ghost. No. There's one God we have. We serve one God. Okay? Expressed in three persons. Father, the same God in another person, Son, same God in another person, the Holy Spirit. And the Father, look at this, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God. The Son is called the Mighty God because the Son is the Mighty God. The Son is the everlasting Father. Can you imagine? And the Son is the Prince of Peace. So don't think that Jesus is a demigod. No, he's, he's God. And his words must be, must be taken very seriously. Tell me, but take, learn to take Jesus' words seriously. Because those are God's, because those are God's words. Hallelujah. Yeah, Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. But when it comes to loyalty to him, it's like he changes. From becoming prince of peace to something else. All of a sudden he says, I don't think that I've come to send peace on the earth. I came not to send peace but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father. Or I am come to bring division between a man and his father. Jesus spoke about the most sensitive of all, of all relationships. Boys and their fathers, there's always a tension. All the time. Is it true? Fathers love their daughters naturally. And love their sons, but they have, sometimes they are too hard on their sons. That's what the Bible says to fathers, to not provoke their, their sons. Colossians chapter 3. I'm just preaching, but let me just bring these things. Colossians, yeah, okay, there's one in Ephesians 6, it says, verse 4. It says, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nature and admonition of the Lord. So if you're a father, you shouldn't provoke your children to wrath. Like you're always on their case, always on their case. Every time they see you, you are come to lash them, you are come to do something, you are come to, oh, take them to buy ice cream. Buy pizza and let them enjoy. Let them know that you are soft. And when they are fully around, you become the lion of the tribe of Judah. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Just balance yourself. You use your left and you use your right. You get it? You use your left and you use your right. That's how it is. Don't only use your right. You're always slapping. You must learn to draw them near with your left. The one in Colossians 3 is Colossians 3 20. His fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Let's read other versions of this. You will see it. It's very interesting. What a father, a father's tendency. And most of our African fathers have become like this. Is it not true? It's true. They have provoked us to anger and broken our spirits. Eh? Fathers, do not be hard on your children so that their spirit may not be broken. There are many children, many young guys who can't be fathers or who don't know how to relate because of how much, how hard their fathers were or how their fathers were not available at all. Fathers, do not provoke or irritate or fret your children. Do not be hard on them or harass them lest they become discouraged and sullen and morose. Do you know morose? It's a word, I tell you. And feel inferior and frustrated, do not break their spirit. Wow. The father-son relationship is a very, it's very tense. And Jesus says that, I've come to make it worse. Because of me, I've, I've come to make it worse. If you're a father, love your children, okay? You are going to be a father, so love your children when you become a father. They came from you. You are responsible for them. Don't kill them. And the daughter against her mother. This is also another very wild relationship. Mother-daughter relationship is very stressful. Because normally the mother wants the daughter to be like her. And it's not, it's not possible. It's not possible. Because it's not only your genes that are in the child. Her father's genes are also in her. And she also has a life. It's not what you like that she will like all the time. I mean, there are things you can teach her, but you don't have to force. You should dress the way you dress. She should look like the way you look. I'm everything. No, allow your daughters to flow. 
and help them grow as God wants them to grow. Learn to hand your children over to God. You, you've not raised a child before. Have you raised a child before? So when you become a father, do you know how to raise a child? You don't know how to. Nobody knows how to raise a child. You learn how to raise a child when you, when you finish raising them. You only learn when you finish. Or if you don't have a, a 15-year-old, you don't know how to raise a 15-year-old. You don't know. If you have a 15-year-old, now you know how to raise a 10-year-old because you just came from raising a 10-year-old. So maybe the second and third one, you can manage yourself. You don't know. Only the, the word of God guides you and shows you what to do. So you must learn to raise a child according to the word of God. That's all. Let the child learn how to fear God. You see, train up a child the way he should go. Which way is that? He's talking about following the Lord, the way of the Lord. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. But a mother should not become a witch in her own daughter's life. Matthew Asempa. Etidu. Matthew chapter 10. Eh? And the daughter against her mother. And the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. This is an, another stressful, super stressful relationship. Daughter-in-law, mother-in-law. You see, they never mentioned. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is talking. This is God talking. And he didn't say father-in-law and son-in-law. I mean, we are cool. Yo, what's up? You there? It's good to see you. But mother-in-law and daughter-in-law. Hello. I hope you are treating my son well. I hope so. Nobody can look after my son like I can. Hey, you are lying. You are lying. Can you stick with your son? You can't stick with your son. Someone is taking care of your son along that line. You can't stick with your son. Hey! Yeah. Stressful. All the stressful relationships. Jesus says that I've come to make it more stressful. Can you imagine? Because of me. Next verse. Look at the next verse. Then it says, A man's force or enemy shall be there of his own household. I'm not the one saying it. Jesus, this is Jesus' verse. If you have a good Bible, it's in red. You see it. Next verse. He that loveth, listen, this is a problem. It says, He that loveth mother or father more than me is not worthy of me. The one who is faithful and loyal and committed eh, to mother, father, wife, son, daughter, whatever, more than me is not worthy of me. Like Jesus wants you to really follow him. Wow. It's wild. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Next verse. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. It says, follow me. Follow me. I gave you all these things. I can take all of them away. I gave you everything. Be loyal to me. Be faithful to me. Be there for me. Yeah. Wow. Now, how do, you be, how do you become faithful to Jesus? I think it's a question. Yeah. You become faithful to, to Jesus by being dependent on him. Okay? Following Jesus has to do with becoming dependent on him. If you read in Psalm 100, verse 3. Look at Psalm 100, verse 3. It says, Know ye that the Lord is God. The Lord. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. We are the sheep of his pasture. We are his sheep. Are you seeing it? Psalm 95, verse 4. Wow. 6, rather. Verse 6. 95, verse 6. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. We say we are the sheep of his hand. We are the people of his pasture. It's like we are, let me show you one last one. Ezekiel chapter 34, verse 30 to 31. It says, thus shall they know that I, the Lord, their God, I'm with them, and they, and that they, even the house of Israel, are my people, say the Lord God. Next verse. And ye, my flock, the flock of my pasture, are men. 
The flock of my pasture are human beings. Human, we as human beings are the flock of God's pasture. And I am your God, see the Lord God. Have you seen it? It says, I am your God. Ah, you, are, you are my sheep and I'm your God. I am your shepherd. So all of us sitting here are sheep. All of us are God's sheep. I'm showing you to you. Don't go and say that they said that we are sheep in there. It's the Lord who says, you are my sheep. He says, ah, and ye my flock, the flock of my pasture, are actually human beings. You are men. And I am your God, see the Lord God. You see, and one of the main things, main cardinal features of a sheep is that a sheep is dependent on the shepherd. A sheep cannot arrive in Kumase from here on its own. It will end up in someone's soup or end up in someone's stew. You become lamb chops, lamb soup, lamb, what, chichinga, something. Sheep are dependent. Without your shepherd, you can't arrive where you're supposed to go to. So faithfulness to Jesus Christ is becoming depe- learning to become dependent dependent on Him. Do you see what I'm talking about? Now, how how do you become dependent on Him? By reading your Bible. You see, reading your Bible. When you read your Bible, you you, you show how dependent you are on God. I'm going to share more with you next Sunday. My time is up. But I just want to mention what some of the things I'm going to be saying on Sunday. Okay? Read when you read your Bible, eh, you show a great manifestation of how much you need Jesus Christ. The one you love, you take his words, his or her words very seriously. Because the, if, you, if I say I love you and you don't believe that I, what I said, I love you, Eh, I've heard this before. You know when your heart has been, has been broken 17, 17 times. Your heart has been broken 17 times. And then this young man comes down your, the road and sees you and then tells you, oh, he has been around, a friend, he's been around you. Always around. And then one day he comes to you and says, actually, my sister, I have been interested in you all this while. I want to make you the wife of my life. Not my knife, but my wife. He's rapping, saying things. And then he says, I love you very much with all my heart. I want to marry you. I want to be with you all the rest of my life. And your heart has been broken 17 times. <laughs> you start laughing. <laughs> this one, we have seen some before. <laughs> we have seen some before. Number six, number, number, <laughs> number eight, number eight said that he will go to the moon for me. Do you know what he did to me? After he used me, he left me at a restaurant with the bill, with the bill and, and left me. You have come here, you say, well, you love who? You love me. My friend, take your love and go back. You see, that's how we also believe. When Jesus says, I love you, and you are having difficulty to understand. You see, the word of God is God's feelings and God's heart and God's emotions expressed to us. As you read it, you, you get to see God's heart. You get to see God's heart. You must be dependent on him by reading his word. You must want to hear his voice. I mean, just imagine someone texted, someone sent a message and said that if the guy is living in another country, it's a long-distance relationship, and for a week, you can be calling him and texting him and he's not minding you. And he calls back after one week. And he says that, oh, something came up, whatever, whatever. Should you continue the relationship? What do you think? And it's not happening once or twice. It's happening at different, all the time. I mean, the last one year, it has happened about 75 times. He has to what? He has to go. That is a clear sign that he's not faithful to you. Isn't it? Yeah. It's a clear sign that he's not faithful to you. Someone is there. There's someone. Maybe he has saved your number as chainsaw, chainsaw man. Yeah. Or he has saved your, your, your number as what? Mason or plumber. So that the other lady does not see. So when, you, when you're calling, oh, the plumber is calling. Hello? Yeah, 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 yeah. How are you? You say, yeah, 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 before saying how are you. You should know that something is going on. 
and he calls after one week or two weeks. I mean, there's a problem. Yeah. The voice of the one you love be, must be is very precious to you. Very, very precious to you. Yeah. One day I was going to visit my wife. You know, she was my beloved at that time. Were we even beloved? Were we beloved? Were we beloved? It was before beloved. I think we were just friends. We were just friends. But I was interested. Hey! I tell you, it's nice to fall in love. You have emotions that you've never had in your life. Headaches that you never had. I mean, all kinds of things. Migraines. Hey! And I was with this friend of mine. And we had gone to work. We had closed. You know, I had spoken to her. And uh, she said I should come to her place at 6.30. Okay. And I'd close from work at 4.30. And I was still in time. I didn't want to go home because my house from her place was very far. I didn't want to go home and come back. You get it. Traffic in, traffic out. So I was with my friend. And I told my friend, Charlie, she says I should come at 6.30. And it's 4.30. He said, okay, let me drive you around a bit. Very good friend. And he drove me around. Then he said, Charlie, I have to go home. I said, uh, what can I do? Charlie, can you leave me in a doom so that I just walk around? I'll do window shopping. Listen, brothers and sisters, he dropped me in a doom at five. I walked around for one and a half hours. Just walking around, just looking at bicycle, car, whatever. Just looking around. Yeah, true story. Yeah. When my, fa- my friend was in, he said, so what are you going to do? I said, I'm just going to walk around. He started laughing at me. He doesn't. When you are in love, eh? I just wanted to be with her and be around her and see her face and hear her talk like I'll just have a discussion like I don't know what you're even going to talk about I don't know <laughs> it's not easy you just want to you just want to hear the person yeah what, what do you think has it happened to you before yeah you escort the person and then the person will escort you and then you escort the person and the person will escort you Adore love, love to and fro. It's wild, I tell you. When you are faithful to, to Jesus, eh, and you love, you love His word. I mean, you want to spend time. Hmm? Not wanting to spend time with Him is a sign of independence. You have become independent of Him. That is what happened to Adam. Adam became independent of God for some few minutes. We don't even know how many hours, because we can't tell. The voice of God came every time. And then, one of those days, before the voice of God came, Satan came. And he gave ears to Satan. Eve gave ears to Satan. We don't know how long God left him. But when he gave ears to another voice, another voice, everything changed. So, you must be interested in giving your ears to Jesus Christ. Giving your heart to Jesus Christ. Wanting to hear him all the time, all the days of your life. Because your security is dependent on his voice. Rise up on your feet and thank God for what I shared with you. Yeah. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's Word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastoti Podcast. Simply search for Pastoti on any podcast app, plug in, and enjoy God's Word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.